This is a Radio.com original. Then we ended up getting in the Hollywood Christmas Parade. I don't know. Uh, Columbia Records had paid for an entry, uh, and then they forgot to build a float. So we ended up being there, ended up being their float, and uh, the crowds loved us so much they just kept asking us back. They're like, you know, you don't need to come come on back and be in the parade. So this year, we were going to lose our streak. You know, this, this is the first year we were not going to be in the parade. So I took uh, about 25 movie cars, and we went down and we drove the route on Sunday at seven o'clock. It was supposed to happen, so we were the only entry uh, in the 2020 parade, and uh, so we did a. a very slow lap with very few people walking down the street because everything was boarded up. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a brand new Talking About Cars podcast. Uh, this, of course, where everybody has a car story and we find those special everybody's that you want to hear from. That's right. I'm Randy Cardoon, and of course, I, along with this guy next to me, Hot Rod Bob Beck, we are uh, side by side at Irwindale Speedway on the wall of the drag strip where people who are not allowed there can come and watch and see us. Too. Hey, we've got a great show for you this time around. You, you, we're going to continue our series of TV cars and movie cars. Now, we've had some really cool shows with the owners of the Batmobile and the owner of uh, a Knight Rider car and also a Starsky and Hutch car. We had someone who owned a Rockford Files car. Mm -hmm. We're going to, again, hook up with our friends over at Star Cars International. And Star Cars, of course, is a group of people that happen to own cars from TV shows. Now, they may not be the cars from TV shows. They are probably clones. But still, it's interesting to hear why someone would like this car, why someone would like that car. And the person coming up will be joining us. Nate Truman is the uh, brother of our friend Mark Truman, who owned the Black Beauty. Nate actually runs Star Cars International. So he has a whole bunch of them. And we were talking about this, uh, getting ready to go on this show. And he was explaining to me, he has more cars in his backyard than he does elsewhere around the country in various stages of repair and restoration and, and getting fixed up. So this is going to be really fun, I think. We're going to get yeah. to see what's in his backyard. And there's also an interesting kind of a sad story as to what's going on with Nate. In it. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. So I don't know if you know about this. Nope. Uh, no, so by the way, if you uh, haven't checked us out yet, remember uh, previous talking about cars, we had Larry Dixon last episode yep. and uh, very interesting stuff coming from him. We had Danny Gura from Superstore, which by the way, I got to say, so we interviewed Danny Gura on Superstore. Yeah. It releases the following Thursday. <laughs> that very day, NBC announced Superstore was ending. <laughs> oh. I shouldn't be laughing because it's a great show and it's fun and, and everybody, in, in fact, I saw uh, an interview where one of the stars of the show uh, was saying, oh, I'm so glad it's going to be going on and blah, blah, blah. Of course, we put the show on and, and we put uh -oh. Danny on who plays Elias on the show, if you haven't right. seen it. And sure enough, the show has announced that that's the last season. And this is like mm -hmm. only an episode mm -hmm. or two after they officially, she officially left America Ferrara, Ferrara, mm. excuse me, of... Uh, who went to the same high school as I did, by the way. Did she? Really? Although I did not know her. Not at the same time. I would say we were this close as far as years. Yeah, a decade so, or so. She is a, uh, she is a conquistador from El Camino Real. Okay. So um, there you go. Uh, so we're going to, uh, so check out those podcasts. Also, we've got some great stuff on our uh, Two Tired Guys uh, YouTube page. So go check that out as well. We're always a couple Please. of episodes behind because you can see the video version of what we talk about here on radio.com. All right. No, the audio on radio.com. What did I say? Video. That's what I said. <laughs> you can't see the video on radio.com. The video on YouTube is to improve what you saw, what you heard, heard. on the audio <laughs> of radio.com. That's it. Yes. <sighs> You can't see what we're saying unless you're I'm listening. not even going to edit this part out. <laughs> I'm just going to make me look like the fun guy that I am. You Emphasis are, on yes. Fun guy, F-U-N-G-H-I. Mm -hmm. So let's bring him on. Bring him on in our usual way, Bob. Yes. Uh, gosh, how should we do it this time? Hmm. 
You know, we could, you're familiar with the clapper. Yeah. Who does not sponsor us, by the way. No, not at all. No, they have a, they have a clapper. They have a double clapper. Did you know this? A double clapper? Yeah. Like, for example, the old lady that sits there and does the clapping and yeah. something pops on or a light pops on. Yeah. There's two of them now. Well, actually, it's two and one. If you clap twice, one mm -hmm. thing will go on. If you clap three times, another thing will go on. Oh. If you I've clap four it. times, it probably explodes. I don't know. What can we hook that up to? <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. Hmm. All right, so uh, let's do this together. We might as well do a double clap, and on the second clap, yes. you ready? We'll, we'll do I'm it ready. together. Okay. A double clap. Mark Truman will join us now. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen, courtesy the miracle of technology and uh, our Talking About Cars podcast. It is indeed the one, the only Nate Truman joining us here on the show. Nate, of course, is the big kingpin, the top dog, big cheese, big guy from Star Cars International. And uh, he is in, I understand, a star car as we speak. But before we get into what you're in right now, see, he's got the hat on, Bob, did you notice that? So let's talk a little bit about how you got started in this whole star car thing. Growing up, what was one of your favorite TV shows that had a car in it? Well, there was only one that really mattered, and that was Batman, the 1966 Adam West show. Uh, ran home after school every day to watch it. They played episodes a day. It was in reruns in the 70s. Uh, and I just thought that was the coolest car in the world. Uh, but just like when you see the Taj Mahal on TV, you don't think, I should live there. So I just enjoyed it and, and moved on. But then later events happened uh, in my college years i watched the show again started thinking about the car and uh i just started wondering where are all those cars and where is the monster coach and the dragula and you know all those cars that we that i saw back in the 60s and 70s but they still gotta be somewhere just because the show's off here and so pre-internet when when dinosaurs roamed the earth mm. uh <laughs> i uh, just started hunting down all the builders uh, george barris and gene winfield and uh, jay orberg and all the people that made the movie and tv cars back then uh, and just started hunting them down and it eventually led to me deciding to build a street legal Batmobile because I wanted to drive it I just kind of got out of control after that <laughs> did you start off with uh, something from Barris to uh, make that car well I went I uh, had the number five Batmobile on a show I was pr producing one episode of the Will Schreiner show and it was uh, where are they now kind of thing in uh, the mid to late 80s and so we had Burt Ward and Adam West, uh, Julie Newmar, who's Catwoman, and one of the head writers. Uh, but I produced the, uh, I convinced the two producers that we got to have the Batmobile. Uh, and, and I really wanted them to pay to have the Batmobile on the show instead of me. <laughs> so uh, the Batmobile came up, and it was the number five Batmobile. And that's when I first started connecting all the dots. Uh, again, before the internet, where you could just Google search and it's all there. That was that was the beginning of it. Once I sat behind the wheel, I said, this is a real thing. Like, I could figure out how to put one together. So I, I made offers on some of the original ones back then, but none of them were street legal. A lot of them didn't have electrical systems. Uh, and the number one was obviously, you know, amazing, and that was the big piece of history, but I would have had to gut that whole car to make it a, a usable, drivable car. Uh, and it was just too much history. So uh, I just started finding people who knew where things were and where molds were and uh, his partner, Bob Butts, uh, down in San Diego, had been uh, making Batmobiles and just started connecting this little secret society of, of uh, Batmobile people. <laughs> now, keep in mind, you started looking for the Batmobiles before people were making them out of molds and turning Ford station wagons right. and Pontiacs and everything else with a chassis <laughs> on it into 66 Batmobiles. Yeah, really, there was just very few people had done it. The, one, the number five that I sat in was really the very first fan-built one when the show was on in the 60s. Uh, and I, I hope to get his name right, Jim Shimmersham. We hunted for him for a long time because he was uh, supposed to be quiet uh, about building it. But he took a Ford Thunderbird, which was a much smaller car, uh, and just went to town with it. Was a metal worker and just made a beautiful replica of it. Um, and then Barris found it back in the 60s at a car show and bought it off of him. Mm. And, uh, and that it became the number five car, but that was the only real replica Know, back in the 60s so it was yeah i was at the dawn the dawning age of time uh when star cars were just kind of getting started and that concept of owning a prop i mean because i was i've worked in television and movies 
my whole life. And so, you know, we were routinely seeing everything just thrown in the dumpster. So that was back when people were finding movie slippers and, uh, you know, things that, you know, once the movie was over, they just tossed it. We don't need it anymore. So uh, that was kind of the beginning of that whole prop world, too. Oh, absolutely. So you actually were a producer for television shows. What else did you do in the movie biz? I started out as a singer, dancer, actor, performer. Uh, I did I performed for the Reagan Bush inaugural, uh, the Olympics, and then um, did stand-up comedy and wrote some comedy, did a lot of that stuff, and then ended up getting on the technical side of the business, uh, doing more graphics for many years, um, uh, just for mainly for live TV shows uh, like American Idol, uh, you know, worked on People's Court, a lot of the daytime stuff, Entertainment Tonight, Insider. Uh, and uh, so, you know, I, I got to do a little dumpster diving myself because I was on the back lot. So I, I pulled out some cool stuff over the years. <laughs> okay, okay. You bring that up. What, did, what were some of the best things, the top three things that you pulled out of a dumpster from a television show that you may still have on you? Not at this moment, but certainly they, storage somewhere. Yeah, they, there was one office, uh, uh, you know, Paramount's going to come after me. It was one office at Paramount. Their job <laughs> was to clean out offices. And they generally had really nice framed art and different things like that. And if you've ever, you know, bought frames, you know how expensive that is. It'll be like double matted things. So I just, I'd pull those out just to put my own art in it. And uh, one day I walked up there, uh, was just walking a lap and looked in there and there's this beautiful thing of the Defiant from uh, Star Trek uh, Deep Space Nine. And it had a little plaque that said, uh, Rick Berman, thanks for letting us be part of the show. Uh, and it was the special effects company. It's like a thank you plaque to Rick. And I started looking at, and they had cleaned out his office. Apparently, he just walked off the lot, and uh, it was a gold mine. I was just pulling out uh, all the Star Trek stuff and uh, um, uh, framed art, uh, signed scripts, scripts or uh, books that they'd gone through with all their notes, to put all their ads on it, stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, so it was uh, it was quite quite a bounty. That's why I kept looking. Wow! <laughs> you never know when you're going to find something like that. Well, let's just throw in allegedly so that way they yeah, can't come after you or something uh, they, they, we don't know we don't know this for sure we're thinking you know nate's talking about this allegedly happening allegedly. yes so yeah all right I, I definitely saw things i couldn't drag off the library it's like i don't know i don't know how to get that home but man I, i'd like to i know it's just sitting over there rotting away so hmm. you eventually got into or the cars and and what was your first star car then was it the batmobile the Batmobile. I um, uh, bought a, found a, a, a replica body that was being put together up in Canada, and uh, the guy that had started it gave up on it. Uh, it was just uh, the body, and the guy put down some money. He had a partner, whatever, disappeared, um, and uh, finally got contacted. I've gone over with the guy. I was like, who, who contacted who? Like, how do we find each other? Because I was kind of actively looking down here, but again, not on the Google search. It was like write a letter to somebody and wait two weeks, um, and uh, and I bought a Lincoln Continental uh, from an airport auction because it was the right wheelbase. I didn't have to make the frame any bigger, and we just sawzalled the whole car except for the firewall, uh, and uh, just started building it up. How long did it take you to put it all together and get it running? Well, my my normal statement is i started in 1996 i finished in 2003 i could have done it much faster uh faster with bruce wayne's wallet but a lot of times some of those years were just staring at it and going i don't know what to do next or that's a thousand dollars and it doesn't get me anywhere or that's four thousand dollars doesn't get me anywhere um it's kind of like a rubik's cube like well i can't paint it until this has happened i can't put the window on until this happens and uh, and there's no batmobile Park store. So, you know, so from 1996, 2003, I was out on my garage banging on it and doing or looking for parts trying to figure out how to get something else working. And also my, my thing was I wanted it street legal. I was a little nuts, but I wanted it street legal in the sense that uh, they won't take my car from me. Uh, but I wanted everything to work. So in, I knew there was TV uh, voodoo on there, but I had three rockets that were designed to fire out of the rocket tubes. I had three smoke canisters underneath those. Uh, to do different colored smokes. There's a, a chain cutter knife that came out the front. I, I built in a headset in the bat phone so I could talk on my cell phone on the bat phone. So I had a lot of fun with that and wiring uh, ridiculous amounts of uh, electronics in that thing. Uh, it was all painted and it was beautiful. I had always gone to car shows at like about 11 o'clock, walked around for an hour, got lunch, went home. 
uh, I had never taken the car car show. So um, I said, let's go, let's go to the, you know, cruise for a cure. So I drove my car down there and the guys were very excited. And I said, oh, the Batmobile was coming. Like, I didn't know I was coming until, um, and they said, we don't have a place to park you. It's, you gotta be way out in the boonies. I'm like, that's whatever, I'm just here to play. Then I found out that people were lining up at 4.30 in the morning to get the you know, prime spots at this place. I like, oh, didn't know that. Uh, but at that show, I met a, uh, a Danny Botkin, who's still down at uh, DeLorean's Motor Company down in Orange, but he had a full-on Back to the Future uh, time machine DeLorean. And so I met him, and I handed out a card to a, a Knight Rider owner that I saw going by. And that's kind of when that whole star car thing came together, because nobody wanted to park next to the Batmobile. Like, a Lamborghini pulled up and said, screw this. And then another one came up, and it was like, <laughs> and I... I didn't understand. Like, I was like, why not? Like, it was like one was a Ford uh, uh, with the suicide doors at Lincoln. And I wanted to say, like, oh, this is built on a Lincoln. And he's like, no, not parking next to the Batmobile. So uh, it, was a, it, it was a different vibe than I was expecting. So well, why I, did they say they didn't want to park next to you? Uh, it, I think they were aware that people would be turning their backs to their car all day long. To <laughs> of my car. So uh, it was a it was a male ego thing. I don't know if you know that. But there's a few male egos in the, in Shocking. the car world. Yeah, just, Bob, <laughs> I'm shocked. That. I can't you imagine. Are. That's an outrage, uh -huh. I tell you. An electric now, chair you're sitting in? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you had that car, and you kind of found, as you once told me, a lot of uh, similarly-minded people who kind of had these allegiances toward other cars, and you were kind of like a group that just kind of started hanging out. I started the website actually just to find people. You know, the Internet finally came along and made things a lot easier. Uh, and I'd find a picture of a, a Herbie, the love bug or a monster coach. And then I'd try and track it down. Or if I saw it look like it was at a car show, I'd try to figure out what part of the country it was in. If they weren't in LA, I'd just keep them in a file. And so then I've started lots of star car groups around the country where, you know, somebody will say, well, I've got a night rider car, but there's nobody else in Oklahoma. And I was like, Nope, there are here. Here's your name. Go, go make some friends. Yeah. Um, we started doing children's charities, uh, did a lot of uh, for children's hospital, make a wish. Uh, fire and uh, we did the Pasadena fire uh, and police show for about a decade um, and uh, then we ended up getting in the Hollywood Christmas parade I don't know I don't really know the number but it's like 13 or 14 years ago uh, Columbia Records had paid for an entry uh, and then they forgot to build a float so we ended <laughs> up being there you know being their float and uh, the crowds loved us so much they just kept asking us back they're like you know you don't need to come on come on back and be in the parade so this year we were going to lose our streak. You know, this, this is the first year we were not going to be in the parade. So I took uh, about 25 movie cars and we went down and we drove the route on Sunday at seven o'clock. It was supposed to happen. So we were the only entry uh, in the 2020 parade. And uh, so we did a, a, a very slow lap with very few people walking down the street because everything was boarded up. Uh, but we had, we had fun just uh, keeping our bragging rights for the unbroken streak at the at the parade all these cars you got all these people together you got the connections uh, you're providing the cars now for movies or other functions and giving them some recognition again at first it was i was just trying to find the people and then when i every now and then i get a request like oh my kid is the biggest ghostbuster fan in all the world i'd like to have my birthday party uh, like sort of in a variation of the make a wish kid wants to be batman and uh and so if if it wasn't one of my cars i'd just contact the other guy and say hey, you want to do something like this um and uh so we ended up being in the uh getting a bunch of cars in the walmart super bowl commercial uh that was uh, last year where they were all showing up at walmart picking up their groceries. i remember that yeah and i they i mean i literally would have paid big money to do what we did uh, we spent 10 days just playing with toys in our own parking lot in a fake walmart and <laughs> people telling us to like tear out and burn out and, and whip around. And um, uh, yeah, we had professional stunt guys coming in and ripping the rider all over the back lot. And uh, um, we had the, the justice league Batmobile, which I got to sat, sit in and, and, and drive a little bit. And that was uh, Kevin, Kevin brought that down. He takes care of it for Warner brothers. And that thing is just a beast. Uh, can't see anything, but who cares? You know, <laughs> you better get out of the way. And now there's a whole new generation of the people that I were looking at for George Barris and Gene Winfield and all those guys. Now there's this whole new new generation of guys that are, uh, you know, Kevin McCarthy and different people that are uh, big on. You know, he's he's doing the whole Fast and Furious franchise. So 
He has a lot of toys. Okay. <laughs> how many, that other people pay how, for. How many star cars or uh, movie type cars do you personally have? <laughs> I, I think thirteen. Thirteen. You have the Batmobile. I hear you have a Bat bike. I had a the, the Bat cycle from the nineteen sixties Batmobile. Uh, put one of those together. Found the original type of motorcycle, which is impossible in a nineteen sixty six Yamaha. But it's down at the uh, Hollywood Museum at the Max, Max Factor building. Uh, it is <laughs> locked up right now because of COVID. But uh, and we, we've got all uh, two of the original. Back to the Future DeLoreans in there as well. And then I built a Marty McFly truck, the black truck that he dreams about taking up mm -hmm, the mountain. The Toyota, That's yeah. also locked in there. Yeah, so it's free storage, free insurance for... <laughs> <laughs> you know, what was interesting is, yeah. is the fact that you actually had like the 40s version of a Batmobile. And, and not a lot of people, I don't think, know the story and what even the 40s version of a Batmobile is. Well, there wasn't one, and uh, I made it. Every now and then I'll find something, like with the Speed Racer cars, like somebody's got to make a Mach 5. And then I uh, met uh, uh, Mark Towell. Uh, he built a bunch of ones. There's one in the Peterson Museum, his original one. And I was like, I saw it and went, great. I don't have to make that. Like, obvious. Great. <laughs> somebody else made the Mach 5. Great. Just come play in the group. Um, and with the 1940s Batmobile, uh, it was my favorite Batmobile. Once I saw it as a design, I just loved it. It has a giant bat head on the front of it and suicide doors. And it's a, like a 1930, 1940 car. Uh, and on the bat boards on the internet, uh, two brothers were trying to build one, but they, you know, they're like, well, we're tall and we want to bring our family. So we made it a four door and we, and, and then they sort of gave up on it. I was like, ah, now I have to do it. So, um, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that was, uh, I've started it. Uh, we're waiting. Once COVID's over, my body guy's got to come back and we've got a giant fin that we have to put up on top of it. Um, and uh and put a couple of side pipes on so it'll be something that replicates what was in the cart with the comic books at the time right in 19 from 1940 to 1950 it was the batmobile uh before it there was a bat plane and a couple of there was a red car and just sort of another roadster an open roadster that he drove in but this is when they finally first the first one they got the idea of like let's make it a super customized car with uh and it came bursting through this, the cover in, uh, in 1940. And then in about 1950, they destroyed that one, built a new one. And since then, they've just been making up a new Batmobile every couple of months. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, the thing, is, the thing in the cartoons is it was always looked like it was in motion. Though it was always angled. If you remember what a Graham looked like in the 30s, yeah. you know, with that, with that really, it looked like it was in motion while it was staying right. there. So that's the thing that I looked at and I thought, well, you know, that would be kind of an interesting car to, uh, granted, you don't see many Grahams, and if you do, they're probably really expensive, but to take something like that, that had that in-motion action stance, looked like a car you could actually turn into, like a 40s uh, Batmobile, and no one would know the difference. <laughs> are definitely, because you have to remember the guys that were drawing it back then were 18, 19-year-old kids uh, drawing the comic books. And so whatever was cool or whatever they just saw on the, on the latest thing. And there's, there's definitely, there's a Rolls Royce that has sort of a fin down the back that's been at Pebble Beach many times. And I was like, I'm pretty sure they saw this one. You know, it's just like, that ah, looks a lot like, but uh, it's what they knew how to drive. So, you know, sometimes it looked like more like a Dodge. Sometimes it looked like, uh, you know, a Ford. And What are you basing your car on? What are you starting out for, uh, for the start, the, the base car? It was a 1939 Dodge that was... Uh, I was gonna look. I didn't want to ruin something that could be turned back to original. Uh, somebody could restore it. I wanted something that had already been messed with, uh, and I found a few that had been chopped or channeled, or you know, they tried to make it into a dragster or whatever. And there are so many unknowns, as you guys know, how, uh, between your idea and finished, and you know whether it sits in a paint shop for two years trying to get the guy to finally move on it or whatever. So my, I always would at this stage in my life, uh, I'd rather pay for more done. Uh, if it if it fits what I wanted, and I kept seeing this car up for sale, and it's like it's it was black, it reversed the doors, it had suicide doors like the the cartoon did, um, the 400 horsepower crook motor in it, it's got air conditioning, all these add-ons, and I was like, man, that's you know a fin and some stripes and and uh, redo the you know just put bats on lots of things like that's a lot closer. So I. Um, I went over and just, uh, he was in the right place and I was the right place. And I said, uh, you want to sell it? Uh, and I won't tell you what I'm going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cause it was, 
it was his dream hot rod. And I'm like, well, that's not my dream. So, yeah. Uh, Nate, Nate Truman is with us here on the Talking yeah. About Cars podcast. We're going to uh, take a look at the cars in his backyard. He's going to describe a lot of them for if you're listening right now on radio.com and kind of give you an idea and the stories behind those as well. Also, we're going to talk about cars on TV that no one has somehow been able to make or want to make. We'll talk about those. <laughs> Yeah, they, there, there are cars that exist, and that's coming up on the Talking About Cars podcast on Radio.com right after this. That's our commercial okay. break. I hope you're happy. Hey, we're I've still going. There you go. Can I, I want to make sure that I can flip my camera. There we go, so there I can see go. what I'm pointing at. It. Okay. There you go. <laughs> okay, very good. All right, you ready? Yep. We'll go back to uh, cars that uh, no one has. <laughs> All right, we talked about I some. I got a list. Uh, good. Well, uh, I see if we can come up with the same list. All right, here we go. Three, two. Back on the Talking About Cars podcast here on radio.com. Uh, this episode is being, uh, once again, another of our series in television and movie cars. And joining us is Nate Truman. We talked to his brother Mark earlier, who has the uh, Black Beauty that. Uh, if you happen to see it on uh, our Two Tired Guys video podcast, you, you saw what it looks like and how he built it in his backyard and how he talked about how much he wanted to have live munitions in the front of it, which, which is kind of sounds like your brother, Nate. <laughs> yes, I've sort of spread that idea of it should work. Make it work. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Nate said that he was trying to put all sorts of uh, bombs and all sorts of stuff in the front of the Batmobile, so why not? Uh, let's talk a little bit about the cars. You are currently uh, talking to us sitting in, uh, it looks like a mini, well, an SUV. What exactly are you in now? As they say in the movie, uh, we in Jurassic Park, we spared no expense. And then they point over and they go, isn't that a Ford Explorer? <laughs> A Ford Explorer and just painting it like a Jurassic Park, that actually seems like it would take less effort to put together than most of the uh, TV cars. Oh, yeah. Uh, and it all depends on the level you go to. And that's what's great about it. Just like with, we are all car guys, car guys, our star car guys, but we're weird. We're different. You know, the details that a Porsche guy goes like, I got to make sure that's an OEM part and I have to care, you know, have the box and serial numbers have to match. You know, because it's the same ego thing. You're trying to, you know, outdo it or do it just a little better than anybody else did. And so, uh, same thing in star cars. So, uh, in we have guys. This is the. Uh, this is just my grocery getter. You have the logo right there, the Jurassic uh, Park logo. Actually, plays the whole tour, and so. Oh, okay. Electric SUVs outfitted bumper to bumper with the latest in technology. <laughs> Sit back and relax while listening to our interactive CD1 tour program. <laughs> so you got you can go on the whole Jurassic tour there. Uh, okay. I drove this Universal Studios every day and uh, when I was working there and got lots of uh, Twitter comments and stuff like that. Like, I can't believe they leave this outside. I do love it when people say, is this the one from the movie? Like, you saw the movie, right? And okay. they're like, yeah. Like, you remember when the dinosaur stepped on it, crushed it, threw it over a cliff, went down through a tree and almost <laughs> killed him? And they're like, yeah. And they go, no, this isn't the one from the movie. <laughs> I almost destroyed it. Uh, anyway, so this, and so this started, uh, I couldn't find a Jurassic Park, so I finally bought one and just used it as a daily driver. Yeah. Uh, so this, this is my Batmobile. But uh, so it's the 1966 Batmobile replica. Um, and I can talk about this thing. This is the one that started it all. And it's the journey, finding each little piece and trying to find uh, the, you know, the compass for some reason. Like, how many cars have a giant compass on their front of it? Or, uh, and then, like, uh, in the movie uh, or in the TV show, one time they try to steal it. And they say, wait, uh, put on your anti-theft activator. So they would flip this down. And then, of course, they hit the button and it would set off the alarm system. So that's what it does. Um, if, my, uh, if I don't have a switch pulled if you hit that start button it'll start the car and if you switch it it'll set off the alarms um i think we just actually so it actually works that way yeah and uh this was a five point uh fire uh suppression system in the original car uh and that's part of my alarm system but it had in one episode it's caught fire so they had uh sprayers that would shoot out uh everywhere uh these circles back here were originally air tubes when the Ford Futura had. Nate, tell us a little yep. bit about what else is in that driveway there. What's ahead of the Batmobile? 
appear from Goldmember, the number three installment of uh, Austin Powers. Uh, Gold, this was the Golden Shag, where Tom Cruise, uh, in the very opening, uh, blows up a helicopter and uh, does some really amazing stunt work in this. Uh, and again, I needed a daily driver, something with air conditioning. Uh, that was relatively uh, a fun car to drive. And also, uh, nobody had in my group. And we have one other, which I, uh, you guys may know, are Karen Crosby from Karen Crosby. She's got one of the original ones because uh, her husband works out at Galpin Autosports. And uh, she's British, and she's like, she just loved the flag. So, But uh, uh, I, she didn't come out very often to play, so I said, well, we'll, we'll do this one. And it's uh, these are so fun to drive. I hate to say nice things about it because people might go out and buy the what's left over. I, I intend to keep buying these till I'm gone. I've had uh, three of these. Uh, it's 2001 XK8 and they are so nice to drive and I just love the look of them. You know, it's, it's, the whole design of it was the retro look. Uh, yeah. Oh, and I put this out just because it is sort of my sign here. This is, this is the coat that I've been slowly adding stickers to. It started out with just the Batmobile. Or these are all... Uh, um, uh, all the yeah. yeah, so they're all, all, all the different patches of as somebody somebody joins up or I find another car and I've got a bunch of patches to put on that. So then my our star car headquarters is the 18 band. Um, and the 18 band, you think uh, there's just as many details on this thing that people get right or wrong. I had to have working uh, side exhaust. They came out. Uh, all the stuff that's really hard to find is just because it's so old. To get these kind of rims uh, mm -hmm. and have uh, custom bull bars uh, you have to have them made for the private and they don't sell yellow lights anymore all the amber lights are gone so i have to custom make those uh get a little skull there that's not accurate i just like it <laughs> <laughs> so yeah this is a 95 it was the last year they made these uh the style of band but i had to swap out the dashboard and i've got another steering wheel uh, to make it all accurate, this is uh, <laughs> this is where we get down to the details. The exact replica of the phone that they used as a, a um, when they called the colonels and stuff, and they had a uh, some way of satellite calling somebody back in you know the eighties. And it's really a princess phone painted black with a couple of switches thrown on it. Back when uh, cell phones or at least car right. phones looked like dial-up phones. In fact, that <laughs> one you have there is uh, showing a dial. Yeah, it's, it, had, it was high tech then. Uh, <laughs> getting the wall right, like when we, I thought they were just gray, so the first one I bought was just a gray wall. And then when we got the Blu-ray DVDs, we went, oh no, it's coin top. Uh, oh. So we had to redo stuff like that. And it's got all of these antennas, got a 10 foot whip on there uh, for the phone and the, oh, I didn't show you the, the fun stuff in the back. It's a little dark in there. <laughs> so there are a lot, and of course you have the reel, the reel in there too? Yeah. So the, the I'm going to get over the other side. The, uh, the, the seats they don't make and, uh, you know, everything is uh, – the, the catchphrase of putting an 18 band together is whenever you talk to somebody, they go, oh, those were everywhere in the 80s. I'm like, in the club, how right. many of the actual movie cars are in the club, people that have the actual car? Well, we have a bunch that are signed up, but they because of the value and stuff, they generally don't come out. So we had one of the screen use Christine's. Uh, he did the Hollywood Christmas Parade, but now that's at the Peterson down in the basement. That's pretty amazing, though, that you have all those cars. And, and the, again, this is just a small portion of the number of movie and TV cars that uh, Nate Truman has. Uh, and it's interesting. There's a lot of different cars out there and vehicles that you don't see a lot of. For example, uh, I believe there's somebody in your club that has a those Charlie's Angels Mustang 2s. Remember? Yeah. There, we have there's... a Charlie's Angels Mustang too. We've got, uh, and you know, we've had, and a lot of cars, part of the problem is a lot of cars come and go. So I'll find a car and then they'll sell it to somebody. So we had the Norbit car from the Eddie Murphy movie. It was a screen used car. Okay. And, and uh, I told him like, nobody cares about this. Nobody knows. And as I was saying that three girls screamed Norbit and came over and was like, okay, <laughs> I, I stand corrected. Apparently Norbit was a hit. Now, which, which car was that? Do you know? Uh, it was a little blinged out MG. It was a purple sparkle MG. Oh, um, okay. And uh, it was designed to be horrible. <laughs> <laughs> now, I know I told you that I, you know, that somebody else made this, so I don't have to make one. But then Jay Orberg uh, gave me a 
deal on a starter kit. So this ah. is the back end of the speed racer car that's currently under construction. And in the cartoon, like sometimes these would be turn indicators and sometimes they'd be exhaust pipes. And so so uh, continuity was kind of hard on that particular uh, cartoon, but we're having, I'm having fun putting that together and trying to get the original rims and wheels and all that sort of stuff. Now, what is that car based on? Uh, it was just, uh, my feeling is the, the original one, the author has said he saw, he patterned Speed Racer after Elvis Presley and in, uh, not in Spin Out, but in Viva Las Vegas. And the last 15 minutes of Viva Las Vegas is like a Speed Racer uh, cartoon. It's, you know, the girl's girlfriend's up in the helicopter, uh, the, the explosions, everything. It's very similar. But uh, it was just sort of a jammed together version of racing cars at the time. And uh, and it changed in every episode a little bit. What are you so, What are you using as your platform for it? You got, uh, uh, it's a C4 Corvette under there. Okay. Now that's um, a but, platform. Yeah. So <laughs> so we're, yeah. So it's got the. the so that'll be able to, that'll be able to run real good and strong. Yeah. It's yes, and and register and everything like that. So it's got the big air intakes. We got to work those off and got so, all sorts of ideas and insights. So you told us about some of the cars you have that are not there. Is there any car, movie, TV car that you really are eyeing now that you want to add to your collection? I'm trying to just finish everything. These two big meats that are sitting back here are for a friend's project. And I said, because my wife is very nice to me, that you can leave it in my backyard and see if you can figure out what it is on the pieces I've got sitting around here. Okay, how does your how do you what do you tell your wife about all these? Oh, people? I see a coffin in process. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a little Dragula bits and pieces. Um, and I've got behind my house, I've got a pile of different got the Super Pursuit mode molds from Jay Orberg and uh, pieces for Lightning McQueen and all sorts of stuff. So it just gets worse, you know. <laughs> once you start, once you start, once you start, you know, yeah, those are my speed racer rims over there. So everything's sort of in contact. And here, my garage is currently inhabited by that. 40s Batmobile. Ah, uh, the Inner Sanctum. Yeah, Dodge with a big bat head on it, on the front and, grill. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and it came out uh, like I said. And by the way, you will be able to see it eventually on our uh, Two Tire Guys uh, channel. But yeah, you've got red stripes on a, a black Dodge, and it's, yeah. it's it's kind of interesting. Pinstriping is really yeah, pinstriping work. Very nice. Put on. I was like, I'm keeping that. Um, I don't believe the original Dodges came with that, but still, it's nice. No, yeah, that was uh, what the Batmobile has. And so I've got uh, some World War II. Yeah, it's dark in here, but some World War II details of... Uh, gauges, yeah, and light. Gauges, miss yeah. missiles, uh, an antique bat phone in there. Um, <clears throat> and uh, I love this thing. Now, how do, you get, how do you get your cars like these insured? Uh, this one's uh, insured as a classic 1939 Dodge. Okay. Uh, but they came over and took pictures. I go, I want you to take pictures so you know what you got because it's not just getting uh, fenders back. New, new giant modern motor in there, so I don't have to deal with the 1939 motor. And uh, it's too fast. It's heavy and it's too fast. I need to get more brakes because <laughs> zero to sixty is great, but sixty to zero is frightening. So, uh, it's got I think some older. Uh, Corvette or Mustang brakes on it. So, let's talk a little bit about <laughs> cars that you do not see. I mean, obviously, there's cars from Adam Twelve. I've seen a lot of Adam Twelve police cars floating around. Yep. Uh, I know, and, and not just the Chrysler or the Plymouth from uh, the original year, but I mean, even the um, the Matador. Even the Matador. Yeah, I know there was yeah, a guy at uh, one of the shows I saw that had a Matador, which was uh, yeah, kind of a police rare. cars are like uh, their home star car club you know they they only like police cars they like antique police things they dress up as old policemen uh it's it's its own uh, subgroup um and uh and we've had adam 12 a dragnet car um uh, gary uh, Golt, who's in our group that's got a highway patrol car and that was <laughs> that was a learning process for me because it goes i got the car from highway patrol and i'm like you mean chips i'm like no highway patrol and i'm like I don't know what you're talking about. And it was a series in the 50s. Right. Yeah. And Broderick Crawford. Uh, did, you know, Broderick Crawford. And I just dun, was dun, dun, dun. Right. So I realized I had to change my, uh, I said, it's for all the famous movie and TV cars. And I was like, 
I guess my definition was ones that I knew, but I could never figure out though, highway patrol. And, and this is, I think to an extent was true back in those days uh, on the TV show, certainly, uh, but uh, they would always have two door highway patrol cars. And they did. Right. CHV <laughs> was two door cars at the time. Yeah. Like late fifties. Yeah. Uh, not so much the early 60s. I think around the 60, 61, they started putting four-door, using four-door cars. But still, that was, <laughs> all right, cars, star cars that you do not see much. Uh, let's see. If I was going to pick one, we were talking about this earlier, Nate, Beretta's 66 Chevy Impala. Do you remember that, Bob? Yeah. You don't see that. First, there's the people that are, it's sort of a different group. Uh, people have come to me and said, I've got the car that Marilyn Monroe used to own. Uh, and I was like, that's a car that was owned by a star, but that's not, I want people, to, the stars, uh, the cars are the stars. And so if you saw the show, you should remember the car. Um, and uh, sometimes, you know, car guys uh, like uh, you guys, you know, they'll, they'll be listing off everything in the background and know exactly what they are. Uh, but um, we're, we're always shooting for the ones where like, if you saw Scooby-Doo, you knew the mystery van. If you saw, it's kind of hard not to know the Ectomobile on Ghostbusters. And the more custom, the better, because then you go, it's not like something you see every day. Um, and uh, so that's what we go for. But as the, as I kind of checked off all the big ones uh, over the years, people started coming up to me with, Hey, I want to do that Studebaker from the Muppet movie, or I want to do, uh, um, you know, the, that, that uh, military vehicle from Doctor Who. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, okay, show me a picture, send me a clip or something so I know where it's from. Um, and, it, and each of those had their fan bases. Like, like uh, uh, I remember one guy came up to me and, and these people were really excited about this big green car. And people were like, oh, Hunter, I love that show. And like, oh, right. Yeah, he had a big green car. That's right. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I don't remember the yeah. car that much, but... But, uh, Saint yeah. Regis, I think it was like a Chrysler. Uh, no, no, no. It was a Dodger Plymouth police car from back in the day. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah, I think they just pulled it around for him. Say, here, drive this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was a plain wrapped four door sedan. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, you're right. And on shows like that, they want something that when he smashes it, they can reproduce it pretty quickly. So you don't want to get something too uh, wild and wacky. I went to the Hot Wheels competition, that thing that's been going around the country. And I realized this was my car show because they were all weird. You know, it was just like everybody just taking something and putting, you know, a turbine in the back of a VW or something. And uh, I realized these were my people. Um, I like I liked the weird and wacky. Uh, I can appreciate the, you know, the $100,000 chrome engines and stuff like that. But I know of like, I don't have the money or the time <laughs> to do that. And I want to play with them. So uh, I'll leave the, you know, those perfect reproduction drum being pe uh, perfect cars that they've restored to other people. Cause that's, uh, I want to, I want to play with matchboxes. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Okay. So I kept trying to think of this car from a TV show and okay. it basically, and I still can't think of the name, but I know it was like a um, abbreviated or at least had uh, like, like a letter spelling out, four letters spelling out something and it all had periods. And of course it meant something, but basically the plot was this police department in a rural area had their typical early seventies, Chrysler, Plymouth, Dodge police cars. But when they came for the big time chase, they opened up this garage and they had this, what looked like an undercover police car, but it had basically a supercharger and a big stack coming out of the engine compartment and big slicks on the back had the rake like this and that car would be chasing all sorts of cars down the road and eventually get their man and i don't think the show lasted maybe a season but i do remember that and when i hear of star cars i think man i wonder if anybody a remembers that show obviously we don't or maybe you <laughs> do i don't know but but and if yeah, that i've got something to exists, search yeah, well, it's we like, now, well, kind of Mad Max, but I know that's not what you're exactly. Going to <laughs> it's kind of like Mad Max, except it look. If you're if you're listening or watching this show on uh, yeah. uh, the YouTube uh, channel, let me know which show it is. A lot of in the '80s, we did a lot of weird stuff. Kit uh, Night Rider was such a big hit that uh, then we had Airwolf and uh, Street Hawk, and then uh, I think Hulk Hogan was in a boat for a while. Uh, so it was like a cool guy, a cool car, and a cool job. Uh, Dan Tana in Vegas. Made everybody want to park there. Yeah. yeah, Miami Vice. Uh, and Are so they? it was a formula. 
to put in a cool car. You know, it was like, find something. Um, I loved one called Stingray, where the guy just had a, a mm-hmm. 63 split window Stingray. It didn't last very long, but I was like, that's ah, a cool car. <laughs> is there any program on nowadays that you think is a has a potential for a future star car? Um, yeah, even back in the day, like Gene Winfield built uh, a really cool thing that ended up being on Batman as the Cadillac, uh, and um, uh, they posed, Star Trek posed with it, was on an episode of that. Uh, but most of these cars, the car builders back then would build them and then take them to the studio and try and get somebody to put them on the show. So it's very rare that they go, we want to build something from scratch, mm-hmm. uh, unless it's a big budget movie like a Batman or Transformers or something like that. And also corporate sponsorship has kind of ruined that because they like, we want to buy the Camaro. So don't make it look too different because we want people to come in and buy our Camaros. Um, so yeah, Pontiac uh, tried that during the monkey mobile days. And how did that turn out? Yeah. <laughs> well, now Dean, well, he, Je- Dean Jeffries built a number of movie cars. Yeah, uh, right. They're up at Gene Winfield's lot up in, in Mojave. But a lot of people don't remember them because they were one shot wonders. They were in one right. movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The damnation alley and, uh, a couple other Woody Allen uh, stuff he's got. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and also they're not, the vast majority of those things are not streetable. Like if you watch the 1989 Batman, that car is always about, no, that far off the ground. Yeah. Uh, and because it was shot in Pinewood Studios, so there's not a single dip on the road, it was on a you know mirrored surface that they built it on. So he could tear all around the place and never have to worry about bottoming out on a, on a curb or something like that. Um, so we, uh, there's a lot of that kind of trickery. But after, after Knight Rider, there was kind of explosion. There was a Desi Arnaz Jr. Uh, was in an episode. Oh, not gonna forget the name of it. Uh, he he it was the big, oh, um, beginning of uh, computers, and uh, so he had this little thing called a quark that would come around, and he would drive him a Lamborghini, and he'd hop in the Lamborghini, and then it would go to a helicopter or something else like that. So uh, it was a big time for a little bit of visual effects in a cool car. But uh, since then, the, the customs, they just have gone away uh, because they're very expensive to build. And, and Hollywood kind of chews them up, you know, because they went through 600 uh, General Lees yeah. over the course of that show. Uh, and, uh, and with Pontiac, the original Knight Rider car, uh, there was a train um, crash and they couldn't sell them as new, but the cars were fine inside the train. And they'd already been in process trying to get that car for the series. And so they got like 18 cars for free to start the series. So they were, you know, season one, they were just crashing left and right. Um, and uh, you got to get something that you can, you know, slap a new nose on it and <laughs> yeah, and, and hand it over to Jack Gill and let him go crash that one. So, uh, yeah, so the, there's a couple of one. I've seen some hot rodded cars like CSI and different ones where the star is said, like, I want a super cool ride but they never you know tear it up what is this hobby meant to you i mean you've had so much fun with it you've uh, been able to um really kind of explore a lot of uh, your childhood loves <laughs> of, of tv cars you've had some health issues recently what is this whole car star cars thing really meant to you well uh and i think it's true uh i think most uh, custom car guys can have a similar story but for me I go back to when I was watching, uh, I didn't know it was a rerun. So when I was watching Batman in the afternoons uh, and uh, not sure if Batman was going to get out of the giant pickle or whatever he was uh, stuck in. And, uh, um, and just that excitement of going back and seeing uh, something that was that fun and get a little of that back, uh, you know, uh, of your childhood. And I think most custom car guys start with, the cool guy in high school or your older brother's car that he never let you touch. Uh, oftentimes that becomes, you're like, Oh, that's the car I want. I want to get that Bel Air. I want to get that Mustang. Um, and uh, it's that, it's that feeling you get, you know, when you get into your custom car and it's all running right. And, uh, and then the smiles you get. And what, that's the really thing that I really love about these things is they, they have uh, a secondary life of, you know, I drive by and people are just, you know, giving you thumbs up and, you know, where's Mr. T or, you know, each car has something different. They yell at you. Um, and, uh, and for a minute it takes them out of their day and being angry and like, Oh my gosh, I saw the Jurassic Park car. Like, Oh, it's, it drove by me. Um, and that's really the fun part, you know, is watching the di- different generations enjoy it. Um, uh, you know, or, or introducing like the Ghostbusters to their children 
mm-hmm. you know, and they're, and they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, that's, we saw that movie, dad. I remember that car. Yeah. So it's, that's, I, for me, that's really been the, the funnest part is just making the smiles when we do the children's hospital stuff. Uh, one memory I will always cherish is we had, a lot of times we can't get to the kids and we did this program that was called Christmas in July. And I thought, oh, that's a good idea because these kids won't be here in July. Uh, you know, they'll have left the hospital and they're like, no, these are the kids that probably won't make it till Christmas. And I was like, oh. And they brought this kid out that was hooked up to several IVs. You know, they asked him what car do you want to look at? And he pointed at the Batmobile. And I'm like, I don't, I'll, I'll let him sit in it, but I don't know how he's going to get in there because he was so wired up. And one of the um, nurses came over and picked him up and put him in the Batmobile. And he just sat there with his hands on the wheel just staring through the window. And uh, I was like, is he okay? And he's like, oh yeah, yeah. And they just started moving the wheel back and forth just a little bit. And I could tell, you know, for a minute, he wasn't the kid that's at the hospital with 60 wires and all the stuff that's gone through with him and all the tubes, you know, Batman. And uh, we had a guy full dressed up as Adam West there uh, to, uh, you know, sit next to him and show him what the buttons were and everything like that. And uh, they and I and I leaned over to him. I go, take him on an adventure, just like you know, talk talk to him. So it's just like they fought the Joker, and uh, they talked for. And he sat there. He didn't move an inch. He just sat there for half an hour. It's just like, uh, and just to be able to take that burden off of him uh, was was so great. And so then I was hooked after that. It was just like every time that it's hard because the children can't get to the hospital, and you know, there's parking problems and stuff. But we've done a couple of car shows for him. Um, and also our cars, some of them are so old, the kids have no idea what they are. So <laughs> they're like, I don't know what that's from. Um, but uh, <clears throat> those, those are pretty cool, you know, to be able to just see their eyes light up and to be able to come up and touch something that they never thought was real. It's basically my first moment when I saw the Batmobile. It went from the Taj Mahal of something we'll never see to like, it's sitting right here and I can touch it. And, and boy, do they touch it. They love touching it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know you're going through some stuff yourself. Good luck to you, obviously, and uh, get well soon, buddy. And we appreciate the time you took with us here today to uh, show us some of your cars. That's very cool. Absolutely. It's like my little motto is, you know, be nice, play with your toys, and share them with somebody else. Uh, and uh, it's, it's not that hard to do. Um, and, I'm, yeah, I'm going to go into the hospital on Christmas Day uh, for a stem cell transplant for leukemia. And... Uh, it's a lot, a lot of big question marks after that. So, you know, 2021 may just be recovery at this point, but I'll still be back here playing with my toys. So, Absolutely. Hey, <laughs> thanks for joining us, everybody. Remember to listen, like, share, and most important, subscribe to our audio podcast on radio.com. And of course, our video podcast on the Two Tired Guys Productions YouTube page. And when you subscribe, you will get notified when a new show goes up. And of course, you helping us helps you. That's right. Get it? That way, helping us helps you. Absolutely. Don't forget to follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and become a Talking About Cars Too Tired Guys patron on Patreon.com. Get exclusive interview clips and get access to our Too Tired Guys swag. All sorts of fun stuff there. Until next time, I'm Randy. That's Bob. And again, that's Nate. Having fun talking about (laughs) cars. Yay. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Have a great holiday. Bye.